Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy holidays, everybody. It's Steph with Woods and Waters Project. This episode is a little bit different than what we've heard so far. This time, I'm actually the one being interviewed. My friend Jake from episode seven, The Coon Hunter, asked if he could interview me. I've gotten a lot of feedback that people wanted to get to know me a little better and my story and why I decided to start this podcast. So here it is. Episode number 10, it's okay just being okay. I'm already recording. <clears throat> just, are you ready? As I've ever been. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Hopefully the two PBRs will help me. You've gotten loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have a full belly of deer, and potatoes, and bacon, and Dorothy Lynch. A couple PBRs. I'm living my best possible life yeah. right now. You're living the good life now. <laughs> Looking back on the relationship that we've had so far and all the goofy stuff and you interviewing me, I always thought it was it would be so neat to interview you and how you got into this position of interviewing others you know what I mean because who really knows who's behind the microphone right (laughs) everybody says I got a face for radio you know (laughs) what what Steph why do you do this why why what drove you 
or intrigued you enough to take the jump into making a podcast, running the show? I haven't done anything that crazy with my life. I feel like I'm pretty average. But I do think that I have a knack for people. And I think one of my gifts as a human is really seeing the value in somebody and helping them see it too. I've been told that before and I'm a recruiter by trade and people is my thing. And I love the outdoors. So if I can put those two things together, it just makes sense. Those are my happy places. I think there's a lot of things wrong with the world we live in. And I think how we can make it better is to share more of our stories and do more things that light us up. And I think for a lot of people that looks like adventures and travel and hunting and fishing and hiking and doing, doing adventurous things. So I wanted to have a place where all of that came together. I had a short stint with a radio station, a local radio station in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I was a salesperson and one of our stations that we supported was an ESPN sports talk station. And I used to go in and BS with the guys and I'd give them a hard time that there wasn't one female on their team. And they had this big whiteboard in their office. And one day I wrote from the stand with Steph and I left it up there. Well, a couple days later, the CEO came up to me and she's like, I actually like the idea. So if you want to have a brief skit on our ESPN station, just about hunting from you, work with our creative director and we'll make it happen. I was like, what? <laughs> just shit in my pants. Like, uh, I was only kidding. She's like, I think it's a great idea. And I did that for not very long at all. Um, I only did probably like five or six little skits of it. And it was super fun and it was really nerve wracking. And I learned a lot really quick. And I learned a lot really quickly. The creative director was no joke. And when I left the radio, I'm like, man, I'm going to kind of miss that. And between that and just being a recruiter, I'm like, I got to keep, I got to keep doing this. I found a lot of joy in it. And if I could interview other people and learn from them, it just made sense. It really brings to light a lot of who you are as a person and, you know, just what makes you tick in that the information that you want to show to the world, you know, something as lighthearted as in the stand to go forward with the podcast. It's, you know, it's, it's just one step forward, really. In that it's it's highlighting people from every different walk of life into their story, and and there's a lot to that. Um, I feel, you know, in the, in the time that I've known you, you've you've shown how driven you are, and how much you want to excel at everything you do, and 
that's a type of successful person everybody wants to be and be around. Thank you. So <clears throat> that <clears throat> that will show that has shown in the life of your podcast thus far. Learning from everybody and you've mentioned how you know you've you've wanted to learn and you've learned something from everybody that you've interviewed and your core group of friends. It takes a lot in my opinion to be brave enough, bold enough to take the progressions that you have and the adventures you've, you've never shied away from an adventure. And that's one thing that I really respect. Unless it was like deep sea diving or something like that. I can't swim. So just there's my, there's a weakness of mine. I, I'm not a good swimmer. Right. That's the chink in the armor. So if anyone wants to teach me how to swim. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be great. How how do you feel your progression from, you know, as a, as a kid, as a youth, you know, being experienced into the outdoors, you know, and the hunting and the, the trips you've taken, you know, on your, on your retreats or, you know, on your, on your, your adventures, you know, with, with friends, with, you know, hunting adventures, whether it's in the state of Iowa, whether it's in Minnesota, what other, what, you know, what other adventures you've been on, how do you feel that you can highlight and empower others into taking that, that step, that jump? Well, my advice would be just to try things like people say to me all the time, it took me a while to really be appreciative of this feedback and like understand it, but I've been called passionate my whole life. And I really, I really wasn't sure if that was an insult or a compliment or, you know, whatever. And I've had a lot of people tell me, well, Steph, I'm just not like you. I don't have something I'm passionate about. And the thing is, is it, it doesn't just, happen overnight like you have to put yourself out there if you think there's even something you want to try you just got to try like what so what if you do it and you hate it like now you know but you don't you're you're not gonna know what it is that some people are lucky and it's just something that they're born into and they and they know right away but most people aren't like that I really think that people need to just try things just try it like it would surprise it would surprise you what drives you, what gets you excited. And there's going to be things that you think with every fiber of your being is going to is 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 going to be what makes you happy, but then find that that's not that's not it at all. So I would say just try things. If you think you want to be a hiker, try hiking. There's plenty of groups, there's free resources. You want to try hunting? There's a lot of opportunities to do things like that. You want to try needlepoint? I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's, 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 there's so many things for us to do as people and pass our time on this earth. Like, why not just try it and start back over if it sucks? That's yeah, all I got to say. You, about that. you definitely, you definitely show that that you're no, you're no stranger to to trying something new. In that, you're a mentor. To 
several different hunting groups you know you teach people to shoot you know bow you hunt for yourself you hunt for your food what what do you looking back thus far what do you what are you most excited about your accomplishments so far i guess I'm just happy that I did it. I mean, this is just the beginning of my goals and my dreams and everything that I want. Like, I feel like I'm just getting started. I, I really, I know I have, but I, I, you know, I don't feel like I've accomplished much. And, but something I'm really proud of is a, I've always been pretty honest and true to, and true to myself in the process, and have stayed being a, you know as good of a person as I can be. And then you know putting myself out there with the podcast and me becoming an archery coach. I didn't have a roadmap for that or anything. I just kind of did it, and I was really you know stressed out. I didn't know what I was doing, and nervous I didn't want to hear the sound of my voice I didn't know if I could get up in front of in front of a bunch of people and teach them archery you know something that I'm probably like barely above average at <laughs> I I I'm like who am I you know to do any of these things and now that I've done them I'm I'm really proud of myself and I can and I can see like I'm not where I want to be yet but I can see that I'm worthy and I can see that I've made a difference in people's lives through the podcast and people I've coached, like it's unreal in the short amount of time that I've been a mentor or a coach. Some of these people are, they're like gonna be my friends. They're like my family, like forever. Some of these people are 10 times better shots than I am because they just put their heart and soul into it and they found their thing. They found something that they're great at and that lights them up. And all I did was just, lead them there that's all i did and that is enough and it makes me feel like a rock star there so is. that's that's definitely something i'm proud of but it's nowhere near where i want to be yet there is there is no better feeling i i think than than leading them down that path and seeing them leave you running right you know yeah. because that that's i mission. want them to be better than me that's checkmate right yeah. there that's mission accomplished yes, yes. What groups are you involved with? Uh, I'm part of in either really actively or in a roundabout way. I'm involved with a lot of different groups, but I'm really active with Pheasants Forever in Lynn County, Iowa. I'm one of the officers. So that includes, you know, like our banquets and fundraising and everything like that, but it also includes like our women in the outdoors events and I, you know, I coach and mentor for those. It, it brings up tons of opportunity to meet really cool people. I mean, these are people that are really in hunting, but there's also people who are really into conservation and you just learn a whole bunch of stuff you didn't even know you needed to know and that you wanted to know. And every bit of time I spend with those people is, is worth it. And what they do is amazing and how much they care is it's really too bad that more people don't know what those groups are about like really what they're about they're not just about 
shooting shit, you know? It's 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 really cool. National Wild Turkey Federation, Whitetails Unlimited. I wouldn't have been able to coach without them. They've sponsored me, so they have their own bows and arrows. I have my own as well. When I do larger events, they support me by letting me use theirs. So when I do really large groups, they also support me. And I support them in return. <clears throat> I There's not a ton of... I mean, there probably are. There's probably a ton of women, badass women in eastern Iowa that are hunters and anglers and these outdoor badasses. But for whatever reason, we haven't found them yet because if there's about any count, any county in eastern Iowa, if there's a need for a woman, a female hunter, mentor, or a coach, I get pulled into everything and I can't be 10 places at once. So we definitely need more women who are willing to mentor because I know there's a lot of badass women out there. These groups just don't know about them. So I get pulled all over the place and each group talks and I'll be in Lynn County and then I'll be in Scott County and then I'll be in Johnson County and you know, what have you. So it's, it's pretty, it is pretty special to get pulled in every direction. Obviously, you know, that's your, that, that shows your self-worth right there. If all these people, want to pull you into their to their group and their circle as a leader as a spokeswoman as a voice for their cause and and in today today's society being that voice and being that advocate you know that empowerment for the women like what we talked about with the pheasants forever woman's hunt it's it's special to find those badass women because 50 years ago all those women were you know to a point censored and now you're out there hunting those badass women to show them that hey this is okay hey come check this out you know we need you as much as you need them as as outdoors people in general outdoors men women what have you it it really leads into you know what's next where would you like to see the pheasants forever in particular the 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 whitetails you know how do you think how do you think we can get those women in the outdoors And involved with like those groups, or like yeah. how can those it, groups it, get them? Yeah, involved? that that was kind of a vague question. How how can we get them involved to teach other women that hey, this is okay, this is a hunting group. How can we show them that it's not all about hunting? Because there's a, a hundred other ways that you can support the conservation without ever pulling the trigger on a release for your yeah. bow or a gun. Yeah. Yeah, when it, our founding member that still exists with Pheasants Forever, he's someone I'd really like to interview on this podcast. He actually has never owned a gun. I don't think he's ever shot a gun. He's not a hunter at all. And he is in the Hall of Fame with Pheasants Forever because of what he does for conservation and for, for Pheasants Forever. It's you know, myself included, like I, I kind of, I've been in banquets. I, I went to banquets when I was younger. I just thought it was a bunch of 
middle-aged white guys getting drunk and spending money on guns. That's that's what I thought it was. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what most people think it is. And you know what? Some counties, that is what it is. That, that you know, in yeah. certain... You get into... It's not even necessarily small towns, but a lot of small towns have that reputation. And But you know what? They raise a ton of money for conservation regardless. However, there are a lot of groups. They, they see the value in diversifying who is part of those groups. They understand that that is really important. Um, it cannot be a bunch of middle-aged white guys because eventually those middle-aged white guys turn into a bunch of old guys. And then they're not doing it anymore. And then who is there to protect and care about what they put half of their life into? And I know, speaking for the groups that I'm a part of, they, they do care about that. And it was really exciting to them to have a woman be a part of it, a young woman be a part of it. The thing is, is A, people, women who are interested need to not be afraid to reach out to those groups. But B, those groups also need to put out an invitation. It has to be both. Um, I don't think people realize how open they are to new members, how open-minded most of those groups are how they're tired of doing the same thing every year. They want to do something different. They need new ideas. I think that's a misconception. So everyone needs to just speak up. Someone needs to make the first move. How did you make your first move? <clears throat> I, my husband's second cousin is a director with Pheasants Forever. My husband's family have a scattering of Britney Spaniels. So when I started dating him and I got introduced to Briar, she's kind of like the matriarch of all the Britney Spaniels. I fell absolutely in love with her and I knew that if she ever had another litter or like someone in her bloodline had another litter, I wanted to have one of those puppies because she was amazing. I grew up with labs. Britney Spaniels were not a thing that I grew up with at all. I was really hesitant because they're like 40-pound dogs. I like big dogs. So I was like, no. But she was amazing. Like, if I ever get a Britney like her, that's what I want. And so my husband's second cousin works for Pheasants Forever. I started pheasant hunting a lot with them, working with these dogs. And I just fell madly, deeply in love with it. The sport, the dogs the birds, <laughs> like the whole thing. And I just knew whether it was going to be my own business, like the podcast and my coaching <clears throat> or something outside of my normal corporate job. I wanted a part of my life's work to be about the out outdoors and conservation. And that just seemed to make sense because I had now my own Brittany Spaniel. I was spending a lot of time pheasant hunting and obsessing over pheasant hunting I feel like I needed to give back to the sport. I needed to understand the land better. I wanted to understand the public land that was available to me better. I wanted to understand how come I didn't grow up doing this because there weren't birds around and now they're, you know, they're coming back. I want, I wanted to understand that. I'm just naturally a very curious person. So I reached out to him and I said, how do I do this? He's like, gave me a name. They told me to show up on the first Wednesday of the month and they were just so excited to have me there. And after speaking my mind a few times, they made me a officer. <laughs> they, <it>. they, <laughs> they definitely heard you roar, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I uh, think they regretted a little bit, but they love me. So it's, and I love them. So it's okay. 
Yeah, there's don't <laughs> hold back when 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 you have a new idea. It's yeah. it's proof it it it's an you know it's an age old deal that new people bring new ideas bring new headaches. I guess yes, sometimes. that's yeah, definitely. You know, definitely it's hard. Like because the the group that I'm a part of, like mini groups, doesn't matter who you're talking about. Ducks Unlimited, Whitetails Unlimited, Pheasants Forever. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, all of them, they have stuff that works, you know? Whether it's old-time tradition or not, it works for them. But they know it has to change eventually, but they're not feeling maybe that pressure yet, right? So mm-hmm. how do you, when do you start making that transition? When do you stop just selling pink guns for women's raffles, you know? Like, when do you, when do those things start to evolve? When do you pull that trigger and get uncomfortable? They need more people that are different than them to help them through that because they've never done it before. It's not that they don't. They just don't know how. They just need that support system. I, I definitely agree. What? I'm getting passionate. Can you tell? <laughs> I've lost my voice and I try not to belch also. Well, if it feels right, go with it and just let it go, right? Okay. It's, it's those, barley, okay. those barley pops are... <laughs> are, are definitely are yeah um what looking back this is this is kind of a broad question i guess you're kind of deep at age at age 15 in with your involvement you know in the outdoors versus your involvement now did you ever intend to be where you're at? Do you do you think that this was your goal all along? Yeah. I do. Not I didn't know what it was going to look like. So I'm kind of answering your question and kind of not, I guess. <clears throat> I've known since I was very very young that I was going to have involvement with the outdoors and hunting specific. It's, uh, it's, I've shared this on the podcast before. It's my, it's my very first memory as a kid. And my mom refers to me uh, lovingly as spiritually sensitive. And I, I think very deeply and I really overthink and, you know, pick apart stuff. So <clears throat> it 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 mean it means something that that's my first memory and I can remember it so vividly, right? And there's so many things that I tie back to the outdoors and hunting and things I can things that I can understand in life that happened to me because of my exposure to the outdoors and those life lessons it taught me. As corny as that sounds, I had a moment, I've had many moments like this, but here we go. I can always edit this out if it sounds absolutely horrible. There was a time, probably, probably been two years ago, I was in the bathtub and I was listening to Eva Shockey's book on Audible while I was in the bathtub. And she, I don't even know what part it was, but she started sharing some stuff about her dad that was so incredibly relatable to me. It was just, it was just like a little too much. And I'm not a big crier. So it just was like, it's embarrassing to even talk about. 
But she's talking about it. And at this time, two years ago, I knew that the outdoors was missing from my life, like, drastically. I did not feel like myself. And I'm listening to it. And I started bawling hysterically. I am totally not keeping this in the fucking podcast. (laughs) And uh, so I'm bawling hysterically. And I get out of the bathtub and I'm, like, talking to myself. I know you guys are like, this bitch is crazy. But for real, I was bawling because I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm supposed to be talking about this stuff. I'm supposed to be coaching. I am supposed to be sharing about this stuff. Like, Eva Shockey and me are not on the same scale at all. But I grew up watching her dad and... Like, I, I, grew, I grew up with this stuff, and I could relate to so many things that she was saying, even though there's so many things we don't have in common. And the impact that she's made. I'm like, if I can even make a sliver of that, that's, like, what I want. Like, that gives me a lot of, like, fire. So it was just very obvious to me. Like, it's, there's many examples of that throughout my life where it just, like, smacks me in the face. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the direction I'm supposed to go. And it happens over and over. Every time I veer off track, something like that smacks me in the face. And here I am again. I, I can, don't know how much of that I'm going to keep. All of it. You, <laughs> it better all make it there. <laughs> I, we better, we better oh. listen to this a few times. because Does my that, swearing offend you? Not at all. Okay, that's good. I, if it did, I got a bar, in, uh, I got a bar of soap that we wash <laughs> okay. your mouth out with. Okay. Uh, and and maybe get you a sailor tattoo or yeah. something like that. Um, oh, yeah. it, it but it goes to show that the best way to be found is to be lost, right? That's some deep stuff there, Jake. I I I have a lot of time to sit and ponder, <laughs> and I just think, and it's like I wonder, you know, every time I you know, but if you think about it. Yeah, it's deep, but when is a time that you haven't felt lost or felt out of touch that one memory brings it all back, brings you to where you're supposed to be, re-motivates you and re-drives you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, does it not? Yeah, it does all the time. I think you have to be paying attention. I think you have to. I'm not, I'm not uh, certified to give this advice. This is just how I feel is I think that God, the universe, whatever you believe in or what you don't believe in, I think that there is a force bigger than you that is trying to smack you in the face all the time and be like, pay attention, pay attention. And the only way you're going to feel that, hear that, know that that's a moment you're supposed to be paying attention is if you are open to it, if that's what you want. If you want that bad enough, if you're like, oh my God, I'm so lost. I need a sign or I need a smack in the face. You you know, like as a person, like what you really want typically, like you usually know the answers to your own questions. And I think you have to want that bad enough to receive that smack in the face. If if you're closed-minded and not open, I, I just, I think you're going to spend a lot of time putzing around wondering what you're doing. But yeah, I think you do have to get pretty lost but also at the same time be open to receiving that smack in the face. Right. <clears throat> I think I think there's a lot of subtleties leading to that smack in the face. Mm-hmm. And I also think that 
people are afraid in general of silence and, and, and thinking and self-reflection to help guide them to the end goal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think most of the time we are afraid of the actual answer personally because sometimes the answer is to do something pretty scary that scares the shit out of you when has when has anybody ever done something incredible that isn't scary to think about right when has somebody taken that jump from the cliff to try to make it to the other side of of the mountain and been like oh my god what if i don't make it then what I think somebody that truly wants it doesn't have and then what in their vocabulary, right? Because failure, right? Failure isn't an option. You, everything, with everything that you've accomplished so far, I'll bet you've been scared, but I'll bet you weren't ready to accept that you weren't going to make it, right? Well, I... I really appreciate that. It's still really hard for me. I'm trying to accept the compliment of things that I've accomplished, but I I feel like I'm so far from where I want to be, you know? So I would say that I've failed a lot, and I'm pretty young, so I'm sure I have a lot of failure ahead of me. And I'm not... I'm really not that afraid of failure. I am I am way more, me as a person, I am way more afraid of not trying it in the first place. Because, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately I have seen firsthand people on their deathbed with regrets, right? People that I really care about. People who are amazing, inspiring humans who have these regrets of things that they didn't do. And that matters to me. Like, I don't, I don't want to be in that scenario. Like, I don't know when my last day is. And I'm way more afraid of being in that place and regretting the decisions that I made or didn't make. I'm way more afraid of that than failure, personally. I've failed so many times. I come from a fairly, fairly, I mean pretty low class, lower, lower middle class family. I didn't have a lot. I, I have failed and fucked up a hundred times. So I, it doesn't feel good to fail, but I'm not afraid of it. It's happened to me before, but there's also some like really cool shit that's happened and great people I've made because I went for something. Maybe it didn't end up how I wanted it to. Most of the time it ends up better. Like the reward is not what you and what you think it's gonna be. It, it it typically ends up being something way more way more special than a trophy deer on the wall or whatever example you want to give. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's I think failing, like you say, is is a person's gonna fail a lot more than they're gonna succeed. But I think it drives you harder to to achieve more, right? I think showing showing people 
the vulnerability, you know, lets them know that, hey, it's okay to try this. It's okay. It's okay to, it's okay to fail because you tried it, you know, maybe not okay to fail because you didn't give it your best effort, right? That's, that's what, that's one thing that I see in everything that you've done is, hey, you know, look at me in this background that I've built up and just wait, the best is yet to come. You know, this is just one step, the podcast, the, the mentoring, the, the traveling, it's just one step in the, in the journey. Where's it going to end? You don't know. Nobody really knows. So hang on and do everything you can, you know, the lease on life. That's one thing that I think with what you've put out so far, just in life in general, wanting to better yourself that a lot of people should take note is that you're always wanting to evolve you know you're always wanting to try something new leads me to my next question is what's next where do you go from here you know where where do you want the podcast to go outside of being the best and to the top (laughs) I don't have to be the best. I just, I want to give my best. I want to, I want to showcase my guests in the best light that I can. Have their stories heard, meet really cool people. I mean, like today, like I just ate an awesome meal. (laughs) Like I just, I said this on my last episode that if I am, if I have the experience I've had so far with my, like I'm, this is episode number 10. If I have the experiences I've had for multiple years to come, I will have lived a very fulfilled life and done a really great thing for myself, for other people, for people listening, for the sport that they're talking about you know, whatever their mission is, like, that's, that's what I'm doing this for. I get like free beer and get to go coon hunting with you and meet just like these epic humans. And I don't know, there's just like a lot of weird perks that I didn't anticipate and amazing friends. I knew that was going to happen, but so far it's, I'm batting a hundred. So it's, it's been a great experience and I really think that there are lots of podcasts out there I think that there's room for all of them too I think that what I am doing is special I I know that other hunting podcasts exist and fishing podcasts exist and outdoor podcasts exist hiking podcasts whatever but I I know it's special because I'm not like everybody else just like they're not like me and I'm, I'm not a quitter, so I'll figure it out. I mean, it's got to be decent eventually. <laughs> it's got to just <laughs> through practice. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that you're well on your way. I mean, based on the results you've had and the following that you have, I would say 
you're right, you don't have to be the best. I'd say you're you're very much showcasing every aspect of of this world. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, diversifies you as a person as your mindset. Look at how how much how many topics, how many people how many different aspects of life you've covered in in this being the 10th podcast. Sure. You know, it's pretty awesome getting to interview you. Thanks. Because <laughs> look at look at what you've done, you know, who's without somebody interviewing you, who would know what makes you tick? Who would know I tend where... to be an oversharer, so eventually <laughs> it's all coming out. <laughs> No, no matter what you wanted or not. If you piece them together over time, you'd probably know my whole story. But I appreciate this. I think, I think it, it. This is harder for me than I thought it was going to be. I, I do think that some people probably want to know a little bit more about who this person is putting this podcast together. So, I think it's good stuff to get out there. I would also say. my guests so far i am again a pretty average as all get out girl from iowa okay i'm like as average as average gets okay and these people i've had i've had as guests i have met them organically i did not seek them out and the reason i'm pointing that out and i know it's only 10 episodes deep right now is I think whoever needs to hear this, I think getting involved with something that you really care about, putting yourself out there, getting to know people, you'd be surprised what's around you. Like how much magic and awesome shit is around you. Because the people I've met, again, organically, this is not, this was not like, oh, I I just kind of happened to know that you're sort of famous and I want to get you on my podcast. Like these are people that I've genuinely connected with on one level or another. And it's just because I put myself out there and I forced my, I, I forced them to let me be their friend. <laughs> Whether they like it or not. Yeah. Now they're stuck with Here me. I am. Yeah. So I, I just, I think that, I think that's really important for me to share because I don't think that's special. I think I just put an extra effort out there and I think it's possible for other people to do the same thing. Now I have a community of people that got my back, who I can go hunting with, talk about cool shit with. Other people can do that too. I think that right there in the last 30 seconds of that answer and that that talk was as real and motivating as somebody you right there forced somebody that has doubt to get rid of it. You know, there's a lot to that. Having that community, everybody has a community. Everybody has friends. Everybody has their fallback and the, the group of people that accept them. So why not stick yourself out there? Why not, you know, try something, you know, there's so many people that don't have a hobby that are selling themselves short and you just took their excuse away with that answer. And that's that's pretty special. That that means go forward. 
right? Yeah, and baby steps. I luckily have people who, you know, put me in check pretty often. And something that I always have to remember is I put put most of the pressure, most of the pressure that is on me, I put it there myself. If you want to be an entrepreneur, have a podcast, start a hobby, be a coach, do something like what you're doing. It, it's not like this, like, it's a lot of hard work, but it, you can't really put a timeline on it. I know you want to, maybe, if you're someone like me. Like, I put a lot, like, okay, I'm 28, so in my head, something that I'm dealing with right now is here's all the things I want to accomplish by the time I'm 30. Some of those things I'm putting on my list are probably damn near impossible to accomplish in a year and a half, right? Like, why do people do that? Like, I know goals are important, but like, don't put unrealistic expectations on yourself. Take the steps forward. You're going to be much happier that you went for it and you accomplished it in five years versus, oh, I made a goal for two years. I can't do it in two years. I guess I'm just not going to do it. You're going to be way happier with having gone for it, sticking it out and getting where you want to be a little late. Like that most of that pressure we put on ourselves is just that it's, it's from us. It's not. It's not from right. anybody else. It's, it's all from inside, <clears throat> I feel. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I tell everybody I got a lot to do in a day, so I set my goals achievable. You know, everybody, everybody, you know, needs to keep those goals, you know, like everybody needs to keep the goals, you know, and, and keep themselves driven and motivated through their yeah. goals. Well, there's a balance, right? Because there, there's, there's also the other side of it. If you're someone who's going to putz around and you know it, and the only reason it's going to take you more than two years is because you know you're putzing around, well, okay, that's different, right? right. Like, you just need to pick up, you need to pick it up a few notches or hold yourself more accountable. So I'm not trying to give anyone an out, like, oh, I can push this goal out further because Steph said so, which I would not, you know, be careful who you get advice from. <laughs> just... And too, and the world is listening to us yeah. talk about this, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I would have started this years ago, but I also know that I wouldn't have been ready to do it either. I think a lot happens for a reason, right? I think so. I mean, it it was it was the right time and place right it's always generally speaking it was the right time for you to start it must have been and yeah it really didn't feel like the right time honestly it it really didn't but i would i would have i would have obsessed over it being perfect before i ever did it and i know this has not been perfect but because I did it, I just done is better than perfect. I put it out there. I was not thrilled about it. Honestly, I wanted to put my best work forward. But on it, if I if I know I know myself, my work never would have been good enough. So I had to have that conversation with myself. You guys are gonna think I talk to myself a lot, which I do. <laughs> and I just had to do it. I just had to put it out there. It was super uncomfortable. It made me sick to my stomach. I was ready for people to tear it apart. And I did get some feedback, but overall it was very positive and very uplifting. And now I'm just on a roll. Now it's on a roll. It's yeah, not perfect, it's... but it's now it's now it's out there. And you can't 
can't get started if you don't get started. Right. What what's what's the next adventure? <sighs> well, I was um, I don't have anything. I was going to go to South Africa. I auctioned for a hunt to South Africa. I got it on accident. I was pretty excited to go. Their communication, the, uh, what is it? What do you call it? Where I'd be going. The resort's communication has been awful. And I've had quite a few people back out of going with me. Not that I can't go by myself, but the whole like getting a trip on a discount and not having good communication is making me a little sketched out. So I'm not 100% sure if I'm going or not yet. South Africa was going to be my next adventure. But I just signed up to be a uh, figure competitor. So I'm eating a lot of protein and lifting five days a week. So that's an adventure. Uh, Where are you going hunting next? Where are you going fishing on a hike? Where would you like to go? Uh, This last year, I went with two of my girlfriends to the Boundary Waters, Minnesota, Canada Boundary Waters. And it was really, it wasn't something that we had planned this really long time. We just, we all three got a wild hair and we're like, we're going. We had a great time. We have been emailing back and forth the last few months on our next, like, back country hiking trip and where we want to go that's still up in the air between like the uh sierra trail in california or we've like tossed around canada and uh, like scandinavia like i don't know (laughs) these girls are crazy i have no idea what they want to do i mean my next goal is to start uh chopping away at my grand slam for turkey hunting so i would really like to go to nebraska and do a eastern and Merriam turkey hunt i would like to get the grand slam of turkeys with both my shotgun and my bow so i need to stop start chopping away at that that'd probably be my next a Merriam or rio grande turkey hunt that would that would be a great accomplishment just the end goal is is to you know, harvest to, to shoot all, you know, the, the subspecies of the turkey. But more than that, just getting to those places and seeing mm-hmm. what they what they live in, their day-to-day life, you know, their challenges as being a turkey, right? I mean, fooling them, you know, how you're going to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, right now, it's, I'm planning a lot of, intro archery classes and working on some coaching certification classes and a women's event that I want to put together annually for women in the outdoors. And that has a lot of my time right now. So I really hope I can get a whitetail uh, in the next few weeks with late late season muzzleloader. That would be just, that'd be enough right now. (laughs) Uh, and then turkey hunting will be my next focus, and then we'll go from there. If I go to South Africa, that's that's kind of what I'm hesitating on, is if I'm going to go there. So, Touching on, you know, the, the not enough hours in the day, 
what what's your daily routine what do you do throughout the day to to schedule 40 hours of activities in a 24-hour day well he warned me he was going to ask me this question and i'm still not ready to answer this question I think that it's amazing that I get anything done. (laughs) Uh, I work a full-time job. I have a 40-minute commute there and back. I work in an office most of the time. So it, it is not a perfect routine, but I get up around 5.30 in the morning and I have a cup of coffee with my dogs. I may or may not, depending on the mental state that I'm in and how tired I am, will kind of set my intentions for the day, journal, meditate, etc. Most of the time I do, but now I'm not perfect. Go to work, spend my day at work. During my lunch break, I usually knock out some sort of phone call, uh, life coaching session, planning a retreat or an event, get back to work, make the drive home. Typically on my drive home, I'm calling somebody about something that's going on, setting up a podcast interview, you know, what have you. Come home, depends on the day of the week, edit a podcast or two, hit the gym, probably get back to editing another podcast, and I do it all over again. That's, it's not glamorous. That's, that's definitely forty <laughs> hours of work in a twenty-three and a half an it's, hour day. Yeah, and I'm and I'm asleep by ten thirty, and I'm up by five thirty. So I I get a decent amount of sleep. It's there's just certain days that I have to put in more hours than others, and there are other days that I have to be like, well, I got shit to do, but I'm not doing it today because I need to pay attention to my husband or my family or whoever it is that I'm paying attention to. In there the time we've known, more to do. yeah, in the time we've talked, <clears throat> seems like family is very huge, you know, a very big part of your life. How, how much interaction do you get, like, say, you know, in a set family time? I mean, through the holidays, we're in the holidays right now, you know, do you, are you, are you interacting with them on a daily basis, you know, saying, you know, making small phone conversations or texts with your parents or siblings or anything like that. My dad just learned to text. So we do texts occasionally. Um, I talk to at least one of my parents like every other day and it's either on my way to work or on my way home uh, with my new workout schedule on top of everything else. My parents have been catching me a lot at the gym. So, which they just think is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and we, I go, I go back home as much as I can. They're they're only an hour, a little over an hour from me. I try to go back every other weekend. It, it just gets crazy. It never seems like enough time. It always seems a little bit rushed, even if it's not. It just seems like it goes by really fast. Uh. Hunting season, though, is fun because we I, I do feel like I spend more time with my family. My mom's not a hunter, but my little brother and my dad are, and we go out a lot together. 
but my mom is always up really early and makes us coffee and makes sure that we all get out of bed. Like none of us, none of us can get out of bed without her. Like when we go hunting together, she has to shake us all awake. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's part of why I love hunting is I do a lot of it on my own now, but the reason I love it so much is because it was my time with my family. That's something I think it's very Midwestern. I feel. Yeah, it is. (laughs) <laughs> is that you know no matter where you live in the country if if, if you have those those roots or those uh, the heritage of the hunting and, and being such a family thing you know pheasant hunting in particular you know think about everybody that comes back for Thanksgiving that's one you know the family pheasant hunt for Thanksgiving or Christmas you know it always draws the family closer together no matter how successful it is or, you know, the number of animals harvested is the family time. One of my favorite, I'd love to get an interview with my dad, but he doesn't like to talk much, so I will see. But I get my wild hairs from him without a doubt. Well, my mom's kind of crazy too, but one, this is just a few years ago, it was 13 degrees the day after Thanksgiving and my dad's a mechanic by trade and he can if <laughs> if people could see the the rigs that I stayed in you know camping and hunting growing up but a few years ago he had a he, he is notorious for buying stuff and selling it within like you know a week's time and trading it for something else but he bought a canoe Tried his, gave uh, canoeing a try, hated it. So he put a trolling motor on it and put these little bumpers on the side of it, spray painted the canoe camouflage. Like had my mom hold individual leaves and sprayed this thing camouflage. Day after Thanksgiving, we go duck hunting and 13 degrees outside. Like I remember thinking it was the first time the temperature had like really dropped that low. So the water, you know, it was open water still. So we go out to go duck hunting. We, it's just him and I in this canoe. We've got loaded full of decoys and our guns and whatever. This is just like such a bad idea. And I'm not saying this is okay for anyone to do. But we go out. Trolling motor's working just fine. He's like, well, this is slick. And he had never even tried it till we got out there, you know. Put the decoys out. We're sitting there. He's like, shit, it's cold, you know. And we're not having any luck. And I'm like, dad. It is completely frozen around us. Our, we had to leave every decoy out because it froze in the lake. And we had to take our oar and chop ourselves out and just like chop ourselves all the way back with a struggling <laughs> trolling motor to get back to the shore. And I have like, I, I'm always warm except my hands. I have like really sensitive hands and they get cold really easy. And my dad is just screaming at me to paddle faster and chop the ice faster and I'm like screaming at him and we're swearing at each other because my hands hurt so bad and we like got stuck we'd have to take a break we'd be stuck had to chop ourselves out you know no ducks lost all our decoys and we swore and yelled at each other the entire time but we still talk about that and like it was it just makes me laugh like it, it was just such it's just a good I don't know. It was just such a good bonding moment, as miserable as it was. And I feel like there's a hundred stories like that. Growing up, he used to take PVC pipe. He still does this. 
uh, he'd have like a bed of his truck. He'd put a topper on it. Of course, the topper didn't match the truck. Put these PVC pipes on each side of the bed of the truck. And they, as you pull them out, they get smaller PVC pipes. And he would take a tarp and string a tarp over the PVC rods. So what he did, we made a bed in the bed of the truck that we'd sleep in. And then he would leave the tailgate down and the topper up, leave his tarp out. So when we go to sleep and we went to crawl out of bed, we had this open area to change in. We had a cooking station and whatever. And we did that for a turkey hunt down in southern Iowa one year. And all of a sudden you can just hear this raccoon gets in the tarp and it's just making all this noise. And we both jump up, smack our heads on the top of the, on the top of the truck. And we're both swearing and like, Jesus Christ, like what is happening? And like thinking someone's in there, you know, ready to just shoot somebody up and just a raccoon in there. And, and we both had like goose eggs on our heads and that's there's just like a hundred stories like that like just just chaos (laughs) definitely learned that life lesson right yeah but that's that's like the stuff that all of this brings up for me over and over and like why wouldn't i want to relive that like it was a great time and it's a good story at least i think it's a good story it's it's what shapes you right it's that's what that's what makes it a good story is there's not a point in time where you can't relive that in your mind and not laugh right that's Mm -hmm. that's why we do all this i i feel i feel that by showing the world that and telling the world that story that why wouldn't they want to go do something like that yeah like i think i think if you can stay in this really great warm cozy resort and shoot a 200 class deer and fill your freezer and take all these cool pictures like that's that's awesome right like that's amazing but I have not a lot (laughs) of trophies to show for how much work I put in and even though that stings every year I'm kind of okay with it because I have a really good time and I enjoy it and I learn stuff and I I don't know it's just I'm okay with being a mediocre hunter (laughs) and a mediocre outdoorsman. Like I can't figure out how to go hiking without getting seven blisters. You know, I just like, can't like, I'm pretty mediocre at everything, but I really enjoy the shit out of it. So I, it's got you to this point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay being okay. It absolutely. Yeah. It's okay being okay. Right. Yeah. Hey, the more you overthink something, like like the keep it simple, right? That that mm-hmm. saying. The more you overthink it, the more you engineer it. It might look good on paper, but yeah, that's as far as it's gonna go. Yeah, like who are you doing all this for? You know. The second that you stop doing something for yourself, it's it's not you, right? That's that's one thing that I wish everybody could see about you especially is like you have a great time being you that's that's what i you know like you've said three times now (laughs) you're you're okay being (laughs) mediocre you know you're the world's most (laughs) mediocre well what's wrong with that (laughs) right nothing i used to think there was something wrong with that but i the the more the older and wiser i get i i'm I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
one thing we've we've talked about a little bit is in the last year or two, I think that you've started looking into this meditation stuff a little bit mm -hmm. and done a lot of self pondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we gonna meditate right now? I mean, I could I could black out and <laughs> not think about Blacking anything. Blacking out is not the same. Oh, thing. oh, well. God, this interpretation stuff is really getting in the way. Uh, tell me about that. I want to know more about it. I'm sure there's at least one other person listening that would like to know about yeah. the meditation aspect of things that you've learned. What I've learned. It, it really is... <clears throat> I'm going to simplify it and then take back what I say right away. So what meditation really is, is breathing and focusing on your breathing and getting to a place of just being, like just existing, not overthinking not you're, you're just kind of there and it's not anything uh when you say it out loud it sounds pretty underwhelming but when you truly experience it like really experience it most of us are in our own heads all day every day all the time so when you start to experience what it's like just to feel free and no expectations and lighter and you actually with certain meditations like there's certain pain in your body that will just go away like it goes away for a time I mean who doesn't need that I don't know I was not a believer like I'm like you know less than a year deep into this stuff and I was not a believer but once you kind of learn how to get yourself there, it, it's, just a, it's just a few minutes of self-healing is really what it is. The release of it. Mm -hmm. Weird thoughts will like come in and out of your head because you, you can't really help it. And that's kind of a weird thing because it's kind of like, you know, if you have a weird dream, you're like, what does that mean? That's kind of what meditation does to you sometimes. There's things that come up that you're like, what? I've never... You know, I've never had those thoughts, feelings that I know of before. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, it's just about just being and relaxing for a hot second and giving yourself that. It's, you know, there's a lot of health benefits to just deep breathing in general. I don't, I'm not an expert in it. I just know that I wasn't a believer I had some really amazing experiences. It's not hard to teach yourself and it makes a world of difference. I can tell when I don't meditate now. Whether it's in my head or not, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. It helps me. So who, I mean, really, Right. It's I'm not popping a pill to feel better. Right. It's, I'm not doing, it's, it's a good vice to have. Like we all probably have things that we fall back on to help with our stress that maybe aren't healthy choices. This is just deep breathing and letting go of your thoughts. I mean, that's a pretty healthy choice. 
I think some people are afraid of the sound of silence. Yeah. I mean, th- listen to me talk, like, clearly. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's numbing after a while, right? You just, it's the white noise. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, I truly, I honestly believe that there's a large percentage of the population that is afraid of silence or is afraid to be in a room alone where there's no other audible noise and, and it's just you and your thoughts, right? I think I think that there's a lot of healing. There's a lot to that of, of truly opening your mind. And just like you say, taking 700 deep breaths and waking up later and being like, wow, 698 really got me. Uh. I always thought that if you meditated like really early in the morning or late at night, that it would just make you go to sleep. That was my fear, too, because I I felt like or kind of still feel like sometimes the only time I have to meditate is right when I wake up and I'm like, oh man, if I meditate right away, I'm just going to fall right back asleep. It's, it's really, for some people it probably is like that, but I actually feel more energized in the morning when I get up before I drink my coffee, go sit down in a chair, I recline the chair back and I meditate for 10 minutes. I feel more awake after I do that, which sounds like that wouldn't make sense, but it's, it's the truth. There's a lot, I think the meditation and, and the self healing is becoming more mainstream. I feel like people are using it. They're talking about it a lot. more. Yeah. It's not something that's in the shadows or in the dark. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, I, I really feel it's more okay than it used to be to, you know, to say, Hey, I need to fix myself. Yeah. You know, give me some time. Yeah. I think that's a great thing that people are talking about it. I'm always, anything that goes real mainstream though, I think it's always that it needs to be talked about because it's going to help people, you know, it needs to be talked about. More, more people know about it. They give it a try. But my problem is, is like with things like, like self love is a big movement too right now, which is great. Again, it's great. It's really positive. But it, when something like that gets so mainstream and people start to roll their eyes at it, right? Now they're annoyed with it. Gets now washed it, out. It gets, yeah. That's a little bit of my fear of, for me, I've started to talk about meditation more with people just in general. I'll just openly say that I meditate and say, oh, it's been this great experience. But I, I find myself hesitating to talking about it because I, I just think I'm going to get an eye roll and they're like, oh, you're such a hippie. It usually is the reaction I get. But it just... Uh, Yeah. I'll bet being that hippie is is more self-satisfying than being the person that's afraid to be the hippie and let themselves go. I don't know. I guess I don't. I mean, I do know because I wasn't before. Yeah, like I am, I am happy. Even through things, there are things in the last few years that I've gone through that have been harder than things I've ever gone through before, right? But I am still a much happier and at peace person now than I was before, even though there have been harder things thrown in front of me. And I think a lot of that has to do with just that inner work stuff that people talk about. 
who are some people in not necessarily in the podcast business per se, but who are some people in life that you've looked up to and have guided you to get you here? You know, not really hunting. I mean, it can be hunting. You know, everybody has like a hunting idol. Everyone has, you know, not necessarily somebody in their life outside of a parent. Who did you want to mold yourself after? I've been asked this before and I have a really hard time answering this question because I don't want it to sound self-righteous because it's not supposed to be. There are plenty of men and women that I look up to in different ways and for different things. But as far as the woman I want to be, like who I want to show up as for other women and and my, my future kids and my family, I've actually never really seen that person. So I had multiple conversations with myself about if you didn't have that role model, it's don't just feel bad for yourself, just become that role model. And that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, and when, when I talk about like the woman that I want to be, I want to be somebody that loves themselves physically, mentally, emotionally. Starts with kindness and love with everybody. Is physically, mentally, emotionally strong. Is not afraid to have a voice. And just this just comes from like how I was raised and just different parts of my life. This isn't like a male versus female thing. It just is just how I am. Is I have many times either been told or shown that I am a female so I can't be here or I can't do this or I'm not welcome or you need to shut your mouth many 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 times in my life and I am trying to make sure that I'm not okay with that and that other people know that that's not okay and not by shaming them not making like not by man hating not by doing anything <laughs> cruel and unusual just by being a good person and showing up anyway. Right. So and that's not, really important to me. You're not listening me. to the Spice Girls and empowering yourself. Hell yeah, I am. And then I'm listening to DMX right after and then I'll listen to some like Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> I am a woman of the world. So yeah, I, it doesn't, I just think I've been told so many times, like I think it took me a really long time to, I said earlier that I feel like I can see like greatness in people. I really see the good in people. It's really hard for me to like just believe someone is this horrible human. But I didn't for the longest time see the good in me until recently. And I I don't I don't I don't like hearing. I've heard it a hundred times. I've had so many people come up to me, well, I'm not as brave as you. I'm not as brave or courageous as you, I'm not as outgoing as you, I'm not as hardworking as you, smart as you, privileged as you, you, you put an X in, but especially brave and courageous, like those are two things that 
I get told all the time. And I've started just to tell people the truth. Like, yeah, I'm do I'm doing whatever it is that you think that I'm doing. That's really scary, but I'm scared shitless all the time. I'm nervous all the time. I am petrified all the time of doing the wrong thing, disappointing people, putting myself in a bad situation, failing, but, but, but the more I do those things, the less afraid I get. Like I had to start out afraid. The reason I'm brave and courageous now is because I wasn't before, but I did it anyway. And like, that's how I've learned to love myself. Like that's, that's how I got to here and I have a really long way to go. But if I can see one person do something or start to, to value themselves a little bit more because of something I did, then that's fucking sweet. Like that's amazing. That means something to me. And I think that every person is capable of that. Again, I don't think that I'm special. I just think that I have a loud mouth and want to talk about it. <laughs> That just made you blush. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, there's a lot of truth to standing in the fire and putting yourself in the fire and either standing there and getting burnt or stepping out and making a difference, right? Putting that fire out, putting that fear behind you. And it's probably one of the most humbling things that you can do and you can show people is to tell them that, hey... I didn't, I didn't start out wanting, seeking the camera out, but by God, here I am today, alive after being in front of it, and I'm no different than you. You know, people, those same people are afraid to take that step unless someone's holding their hand, I feel, but maybe that's what they need to take their first step, and then, and then, you know, let them go, let, you know. Teach them to shoot that bow and watch them run, huh? Yeah. I'll hold their hand. I'll, I'll hold their hand. <laughs> and, and, you know, most of the time, if if we're talking archery specifically or hunting, a lot of these, like, women's, like, events that I've done, nine times out of ten, every woman that steps up to that line or is about to hit that field whatever they're excited but they're also pretty intimidated and nervous and they're and they say they either say it with their face or they actually say like all their self-doubt out loud and then once they get started by the end of it <laughs> whether they know what they're doing or not they're like i am a fucking badass like they just they're so lit up and so empowered and i don't know i they're hungry it's, for it. Yeah, like it. They just realize, oh, I was afraid of this, and it wasn't that bad, and I enjoy it. This is pretty rad. <laughs> Let's hop on that roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, right? I, that's a really cool thing to to be a part of. I I'm sure any coach for any sport, you know, or coach in general, I, I'm I, I think that the good ones have seen that, experienced that. They've mastered it. There's no, there's no bigger payment. I mean, there's not really, in reality, a coach that gets the compensation and the appreciation enough 
of themselves, right? Because they're the ones putting all the weight on everybody, from everybody, on them. Yeah. You know, that's that's where coaching, to me, is the, is the most satisfying. Yeah. Is you living out through them, right? Mm-hmm. They were scared of it, and now they're rocking it out because you were going to hold their hand. Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, I could I could coach forever, I think, related to archery. It's been my sweet spot and I haven't had one I've had a couple people that hey, this isn't for me, but I've never left a coaching session or a group of people where I didn't feel like I reached most of them and cuz not everything is for everybody, so that's just going to happen, but I don't know. If it's like this always, I'm sure I'm going to have really some horrible experience sometime. But if it's always like this, I'm going to be on cloud nine a lot. And you're going to hear me jacked up and passionate like I am right now. But, yeah, it's just a really good time. Where do you see yourself? What What is something that you would like to get involved with that you haven't? If you, if you, had, if you had that extra 42 hours in a day... 42 in relation to anything anything what's something that you maybe have an underlying passion to that you would like to get involved with Uh, oh god uh there's a few things i'm opening the box (laughs) just let it go uh i would like to have a couple uh airbnb properties i would like to have a couple rental properties that I have for purposes of hosting events at and retreats at as well, but also creating a space for people to escape and having them adjacent to things like public um, land and rivers and creeks to go fishing and very specific in those types of environments. I, I really love real estate and from a financial aspect, but also just I'm just, we've always been fascinated. It's the one thing my family could watch together besides hunting is HGTV. So it's just in my blood. But (laughs) uh, that would be one thing. And I am terrified of this. This absolutely scares the hell out of me. I know I have a really long way to go with how I present myself on stage and how I talk in my crutch words and everything. Uh, but I, I have been, you know, tapped on the shoulder a couple times to talk at like women's leadership, you know, groups and conferences and stuff like that. And I would like to have the gonads to do something like that. <laughs> I don't know what I would talk about or what I would say that's like super inspiring in that in that context, but I think that would be something that really scares the hell out of me, public speaking. So I think it's something I need to do because it's scary. And if I can get past that, public speaking is like everyone. You know, there's so many people who are terrified of that. If I can get through that, like I can get through a lot of stuff. Also, doesn't have to be like for business purposes or even something official, but we talked about meditation. 
if I would I would like to in the right scenarios integrate meditation into some of my classes or retreats or uh, teach on it some more um, but I don't know what that looks like yet and you know travel the world hunt everything fish everything get a few more bird dogs and conehounds maybe one conehound yeah I've always wanted one says woo 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 you know it's all on my doorstep um yeah I just want to like coach and hold badass events and empower the shit out of people and that's pretty much it <laughs> that being okay so <laughs> since you want to do everything go everywhere <laughs> what's what's the end goal for that how you know how would you envision how would you envision you know getting there i guess i, I don't know um what can you hear my can, stomach uh how would i how do i envision are you doing there? that here or, or where somewhere that you would do that at do you think like the events and everything yeah yeah there's a women's event that i plan on putting together um in eastern iowa all outdoors related for roughly 200 women for an overnight like like a weekend getaway I start here I I think that you know Iowa we're centrally located I think it's a great way to draw people in from all over and so start here <clears throat> totally gonna burp or something just let it out <laughs> <laughs> now it's going back in. Um, as far as like coaching archery, there are really amazing organizations out there, especially with, I keep going back to women, but it just has been my niche. And I, I don't only coach women. It just, it just seems to be, there's a need for it. So it's a lot of what I'm doing right now. Um, I would love to go to all 50 states to coach archery for women. There are tons of organizations and retreats and groups that uh, do different things for recovery and mental health, for for recreation, just for shits and giggles. I have a good friend who does uh, public speaking and events for moms and just how hard it is to, to be a mom and they need that time and they need to feel empowered and worthy and have something for them. Like we're, we're going to do archery for a group of moms, you know, like there's, there's just, it's something that I think I can go all over the place with. People want to try it. I have the equipment. It's yeah. What, what is something you would like to be taught? You know, is there anything, what's a, what's the biggest thing that you would like to learn about right now or that that you've been looking well into. you can help me with some of that tanning and taxidermy are things that i don't need to go super in depth with but 
I would like to be able to do my own fish and my own pheasant, you know? Like, I think that'd be a really cool skill to have. Uh, <clears throat> what else do I want to learn? I would like to be much better at, like, the cut cuts of meat, like, with wild game. Like, how to prepare different wild game. Not just even the cooking process. Like, that's a whole nother thing, but just the cuts of it and how to break in the animals break down. it down yeah and that kind of that that whole that's i can't even get my words out <clears throat> and also i can do some basic things with my bow as far as like if you're talking like archery tech goes something that i've i've wanted to to be an archery tech for a long time like i've applied to part-time archery tech positions before and i've gotten turned down very blatantly because i was a girl and then i didn't really understand i'm like wait what like i've been shooting my bow longer than probably half the dudes that are in here and i had a friend be very honest with me he wasn't trying to be rude or anything he just told me he's like well here's the thing he's like you're five four so A, they're worried you can't pull back a very uh, long draw length. B, they're assuming that you can't pull back 70 pounds, which typically a lot of archery places will say that, right? <clears throat> and he's like, that's, that's their hesitation. They're not telling you that, but that's probably what it is. So when I got the trip to Africa, it requires, they suggest that you're pulling over 60 pounds of weight with your bow so I started working my bow weight up and I'm, I'm I pull back 68 pounds with my bow which is ridiculous no one needs to pull back 68 pounds which then got me thinking why the shit does anyone need to be pulling back 70 pounds so then I had a friend that same friend that gave me that feedback I was like if you ever have time if I'm in here at the shop will you just like show me stuff and if he sees me he just shows me things and uh, I would like to get my own press and be able to work on my own bows like I do enough events and work with enough women. Like, I should be able to fix their stuff. Like, if, if I'm working with women, then why the hell can I not work on their bows, right? So, taxidermy, tanning, cuts of meat, better archery, tech. That's you got it. it all. Yeah. I mean... I want to be self-sufficient. So, that'll get us to Tuesday. What, what's the rest <laughs> of the week look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Woodworking. <laughs> Yeah, who who does who doesn't want to be the master craftsman? You know, uh, yeah. When you're 89 years old, you'll be out there working with your jigsaw, making bowls for people. You know, that's that's gonna. When be I was on the boundary boundary waters. My to my friends told me I couldn't carve a spoon, and I was like, "Well, I'll show you that I sliced a whole chunk of my thumb off, and I should have gotten stitches." But so that's where we're at. That's a good story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> Woman in the kitchen, <laughs> not around the campfire, I guess. Okay. Podcast over. <laughs> uh, that's, that is a, is a pretty awesome attribute to have, though. In, you know, who says you can't do something? I mean, I, I you know, I, I try not to be very political, but I'll vote you for president right there because you... 
you you're showing that there's nothing that you can't do, right? I can't swim. Deep sea diving. <laughs> deep sea diving. Note to self. Uh, yeah. No, I mean that's. It it's come full circle, really. I mean, in the conversation so far, that where where you've come from, where you want to go, you know how human you really are. Uh, how motivational you are. I mean, think I, so. I mean, <laughs> people are showing. People are saying you're courageous. So, I mean. I don't think you're selling ShamWows yet, but <laughs> there's always there, there might be somebody that needs to <laughs> take over for Billy Mays, maybe. That could be you. Uh, it's my next dream. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, I just... Uh, I just want to help tell some good stories and do some cool shit. That's all I want to do. At the end of the day. Yeah. And that, that in itself is, is showing that you're not afraid. I mean, if you were afraid, you wouldn't, if you let fear win, we wouldn't be here telling these stories right now. So that's, that's pretty badass. Um, who else is going to go coon hunting at the drop of a hat because they've never done it before? You know, obviously there's, you're not afraid to take that leap. Well, they're missing out. So there should be more people out there like that because they're missing out. You, you told me a story when we were grilling that deer about, you know, one of the misconceptions of, of coon hunting and, and I really appreciate, you know, you, you educating somebody about being a coon hunter or running, you know, running deer off or, you know, doing something like that. And that's, that made, that justified me taking you coon hunting and showing you and putting it on a platform that others can see and learn from. And seeing you as the person you are as as an advocate for for new experiences and and never not learning you know i think that's that's uh that means a lot um you know you getting pulled into the directions of 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 people asking you to speak at how many women's events that should be and that is the motivation for you, and that's what's pretty special. Um, if nobody can, you know, let me rephrase that. If somebody can take nothing else away from this podcast, from you as a person, is to try, you know. Something so simple, it sounds so simple, but it can be so scary. It's like what we talked about the first time we talked is how scary it is to take that jump to to ask for help that's something leading into you know what do you hang your hat on everything that you've done and you you said you're not 
you know, you're, you're pretty average. And that's, that's not true. We, we can all see that. But what, what, what's your biggest accomplishment to date? Honestly, my biggest accomplishment has not a lot to do with what we're even talking about. I must be doing something right to attract the people that I have in my life. Like, I have just really cool, interesting, loving, supportive, amazing people in my life. Friends, family, etc. And to me, that... I must, there must be something that I'm doing to attract that and keep that for the majority of my life. Because, you know, most folks that I have in my life, I've, I've held on to for a long time or continue to hold on to. And that's it, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's a corny answer, but it's just the, it's, it's the truth. Like... And my ability to go for it, if I had to give myself props, is people may like to poke a lot of fun at me because I am really into a lot of different stuff. And I like to talk about that stuff. And they're like, oh, geez, what is she into next? You know, like I hear that all the time. But if I, if I tell you I'm probably like I'm probably going to do it. Like, I, I I, might, like, suck at it horribly and then never do it again. Like, absolutely. I've done that a hundred times. But I'm probably going to try it. Like, I'm probably going to go for it. Most people will back that up and say, yeah, she's crazy as shit. Like, she's going to do it. She's nuts. Like, why does she put herself through that stuff? I just, I want to be able to say I did it. And I, I hang my hat on that. Like, to, like, your point, never stop trying and putting yourself out there. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, there's so many things that I have not done that I want to do. And there's so many things that I put the pressure on myself to do and I'm afraid that I'm never going to get done. But if I slow down and pay it, like, if I just slow down for a hot second, which is rare, like... I have a lot of stuff I'm really grateful for and I don't have a bad life like I don't have the money that I want I don't have I don't know the living situation I want the body that I want the age that I want to be right now I don't know but I don't I also remember a time where all I wanted was exactly what I have right now too that speaks volumes right there because what one of the scariest things to me about life is achieving your goals because then yes. you get lost then what then what's next then what yeah that's scary to think about yeah I had this conversation with someone the other day they had asked me why I was even interested in going to South Africa I'm like well I just I just really want to go and they had said, well, I've seen all that I want to see done, everything that I've done. This person's not much older than me. And I 
I have no desire to do something like that, nor go anywhere. I'm happy just being right here. And you don't have to be a world traveler. You don't have to... It doesn't have to be this, like, epic thing, but you've done everything that you want to do in your life? Everything? Are you even living anymore? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't get it. They, they're checking out. That can't be true, right? Can, no. I get it's something that can be true. No, it, can, it, it can't be because what's next, right? If, you know, that's like saying that I'm never going to take a trip the rest of my life, whether it be to go to a concert venue or go check out the North Pole. Maybe we're just like highly unsatisfied people. Maybe it's us. I'm okay with being selfish, <laughs> right? Because what's what's over, what's around that next turn? Doesn't that, I mean, how does that not drive people? Yeah. I almost broke out in song, but I'm going to hold myself back. I mean, that you, okay. we we could use this for your next American Idol <laughs> no, tape debut. No. Uh, also, not much of a singer anymore. Um, that's all I got, Chief. Hmm. What else do you got? I want to know. I want to know everything. Um. My middle name is Jeanette, after my great grandmother. <laughs> You're stealing my questions. <laughs> my favorite color is green. Black is my second favorite color. I'm a cancer. I I don't think so. I you're you're a pretty good person. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in July. Um, mm-hmm. I have two brothers. I'm the only girl. So you you learned you learned <laughs> how to play football at a young age and get knocked down. Uh, yeah. You probably didn't have many dolls growing up or much like that. Um, a little bit. It. I don't remember much of that actually. Like I did. I I, I had those things, but I remember. I was one of the oldest of my cousins, so when we went to Grandma's house, you know, it was like they all followed me. They were my little shadows, and we played make-believe in my Grandma's yard, you know, getting on our bicycles, playing cowboys and Indians. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I remember. Or my Grandpa teaching me how to cast a fishing pole in the gravel road, like on their gravel road. Or taking my grandma's car. We had a lot. We all had four wheelers, so which is a horrible idea. Uh, so we went out into you know some cornfields and tore them up when I was a kid. That's like the kind of stuff that I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> what? What are? What? What stands out? As like you know. You said you said you were you know the the memories of learning to you know learning to cast a rod with your grandpa. What what was your greatest memory of of you know that time in your life? 
you know, outdoors wise? What what do you remember? I remember if we were all bored at home, we when people talk about like Iowa stands for like idiots out walking around or wandering around, whatever they say. I kind of get it <laughs> because when we didn't have anything to do, we would all load up in the car and we'd go drive around looking for deer. You know, even in areas that we didn't necessarily hunt. That was that was something I did. We did all the time growing up. Uh, I remember my grandpa pulling me out of school to go fishing with him and my dad. And I caught a turtle and I thought that was really cool. Um, I remember, God, we, my family had a cabin in Missouri that we went rifle hunting at every year, this little A-frame and you know, there are mice in there and it's actually, it was a pretty cool place, but I just remember the, that long drive and being so excited when we finally got to that gravel road and got to the A-frame and my whole family was piled inside and my family is not like this warm and fuzzy group of people. Like you would think that everyone hates each other all the time. And it it was just everyone stays up and plays cards and drinks a little bit of apple pie and drink eats way too much chili and swears way too much and it was just and I don't know. That's just a good time. I've blacked out half of this conversation. I don't know what's coming out of my mouth anymore. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> I'm great company. Uh, with your podcast and this interview going forward, what? who is the next person you would like to have on? Who intrigues you right now? Ooh, Well, lots of people intrigue me, so that's that's hard. Uh, <clears throat> I would like to have someone on here who is a through hiker. Like, I'm. <laughs> I would like to have a through hiker on here. I would like to have some like extreme like ocean fishermen anglers on here people who you know cycle across the country stuff like that i have a few ideas to get some people who live out of their van you know i want to know about that lifestyle and you know oftentimes those those folks who do that they tie their stays and everything to the outdoors and national parks and things like that. I want to, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about like how not glamorous it is or, but how worth it it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's, the list is much longer than that, but. That's, right. Right. That's, I, I really am intrigued by all that, that you just said, especially the people that live out of their vans. Because mm -hmm. that's, no that's the way you're headed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's either the van or the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living in one of them. Yeah. You should live in a van. Um, it, it really, that, you know, those type of 
people or the through hiker um it's pretty badass what they do you know how they get their enjoyment out of walking a thousand miles through a mountain or you know yeah living in the van down by the river you know from river to river you know whether it be you know people that travel for fly fishing or you know for that next you know a surfer for that next wave or you know something like that totally i i also think that like you kind of we were talking about this earlier for some of this a i want to expose people to these sports these lifestyles these activities a maybe they're interested in it but also b some of this stuff like seems really attractive right like to me the idea of living in a van sounds fucking awesome like i think i'm pretty sure i could live like that however once i did it and actually heard about it and experienced it i don't know that might be one of those things that it's not looks good on paper right it looks good on paper it looks like this glamorous instagram lifestyle that it's been really i mean that's like a movement right now. Yeah. Through hiking. Just in my my taste of it that I've had, which is like hardly at all, it it is scary and it is hard and I don't think you can ever be prepared enough for it. Right. I mean, I think some of this stuff, like people are going to find out, hey, this is not for me. And I think that's okay too. It's it's better to find out that, hey, I might not be suited for it than jumping into it and finding out that I made a mistake. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's that's pretty informative. That's pretty special. Um, now you know all there is to know about Steph Busenberg. That's it. Grab the popcorn. The show's just starting. Yeah. <laughs> crack your pbr and bottoms up um pbr is the beer that we had at my high school graduation party that was my dad's rule wow if they wanted beer bad enough that's what they had to drink right yeah you're gonna earn it fun fact (laughs) none of these none of these wine coolers for these kids Mm -mm. oh you want bush light too bad yeah this ain't burger king we're not having it your way yeah Okay. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you want people to know about yourself? Define you. Define me? Yeah. Oh, boy. Do you know the song Long Line of Losers? <laughs> Half outlaw, half boozer. Yeah. Yeah. That's only half. I'm not a big drinker, though, anymore. So it's really half the song is a lie. It doesn't really sum me up very well. You're getting to the point in life where... Half hippie, a little redneck. Yeah. I'm always a suspect. My bloodline makes me who I am. Yeah. That part. That That's you. Yeah. It's probably not. I'm way more lame than that. But that, the <laughs> uh, we we can throw that line. I'm sure that the hangovers hurt more than they used to. There I am. That's me in a nutshell. Hope all of you enjoyed it and understand me a little better and what my heart's about and what this podcast is about. I again would 
very much appreciate your feedback, reviews, reach out to me with ideas. If you have someone in mind for an interview or something you want to hear about, find me on Instagram, reach out to me on Facebook, or you can email me at hello at woodsandwatersproject.com. I would love to hear all of the things. Appreciate you guys. Happy holidays and happy new year. Until next time.